0: Toronto-based slang announced a merger with Vermont's cannabis high fidelity company. Got Canadian companies moving more into the U.S. because of the valuations, as Canadian cannabis soars to $2.6 billion last year. What does that mean in terms of U.S. valuations comparing U.S. to Canada? We're gonna talk about all of that coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge, I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. According to BDSA Analytics, the total legal cannabis spending in Canada reached more than $2.6 billion in 2020, so that's slightly higher than the previous forecast of $2.5 billion, as it looks like Canada's legal cannabis sales only saw limited short-term negative impacts from the pandemic. So it looks like Flower held a 61% share of total cannabis sales in 2020. New product categories gained considerable share with the 2.0 rollout that began in the fourth quarter of 2019 up in Canada. It looks like vapes accounted for almost 12% of total sales, edibles was almost 6%. Through the medical channel, however, sales were relatively flat. Uh, negative 1.5% at 463 million. We've seen that in every new rollout in the US where medical sales are basically just annihilated Um, because it doesn't really make sense to go continue to get your medical card renewed and then to go and only get, you know, 10% off or whatever. It's, there's not as much of an advantage uh, versus having to kind of maybe be on a registration, you know, in Canada, I know that was a huge thing being, you know, on on a list somewhere. So it needs to be more advantages or discounts, perks, whatever, uh, for that medical, maybe have insurance cover it. I mean, down in uh, Columbia, they cover that on insurance. So that I would sign up for that. All in all, Canadian youth sales grew by 86% to 2.2 billion in 2020. The COVID pandemic had sporadic brief impacts on some provinces, like Ontario that saw initial closures of physical retail, also saw that Massachusetts in the US ended up being a really bad decision. But despite the pandemic, BDS Analytics, they estimate physical retail share of total sales that rose online uh, nearly 90%. Uh, versus just seventy-six uh, percent of sales being online in two thousand nineteen. It's also expected that Canada is going to have six point four billion of sales in twenty twenty-six, rising at a compounded annual growth rate of sixteen percent. So back to the Toronto-based slang acquiring or merging with uh, Vermont. Looking at you know Canadian companies coming into the U.S. Uh, Obviously kind of making sense with some US valuations, but uh, does it. So let's dive in and let's take a look at some US valuations that are flat while Canada's valuations are expanding. So as expected, Canada's focused operators, they're trading at a premium on sales compared to US operators, despite smaller market share and lower margins. That's simply speculation, right? They don't. People don't have access to a lot of the U.S. Uh, operators, so they're up in Canada by the droves, um, speculating on that. So, um, a lot of what you're seeing now is trading in line with EBITDA at 5.1x of 2020 sales. By comparison, 12 of the 17 U.S. operators have an EBITDA multiple for 2020, and only three of the 16 Canadian operators do. So the valuations are low compared to Um, even past weeks, but they're reasonable to normal industry and consumer-focused companies. Looking at average stock price for US-focused vertically integrated operators declining 3%, uh, you know, for just like that that week, remaining down 53% year to date. To put it in context, if you want to compare the S&P, S&P increased 5% for the week uh, compared to the, the decline of three. And it was down 18% year-to-date compared to the 53%. I'll put a link to this in the show notes for the description. There's a table that's providing a benchmark for private investors to be able to evaluate existing and future investments. You can look at it a way to look at companies and judge their own valuations for current and future capital raises. We'll also include a link for the complete list of New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ-listed cannabis companies, uh, in the show notes, in the description as well. Uh, and then just for a refresher, for slang, anything that's five digits ending in F uh, may or may not be DTC eligible. The Department Trusted Clearing Corp is what allows for electronic trading to occur. And if it's not DTC eligible, there's fees, uh, might cost you an extra $75 to buy and sell it assuming your broker even allows it. So I always like jumping on to OTC markets, looking at slang in this case, and seeing that it has a transfer agent that's verified, that's telling me that more than likely this uh, is, in fact, DTC eligible. So um, makes for trading to to be easier because the last thing you want is to start buying positions and then having your broker realize that it's not DTC eligible and, and then changing the status to real-time sell only. So you can keep the positions you have, but then to liquidate it, probably going to cost you a lot more once they find out that it's not DTC eligible. But anyways, with that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.